Hello and welcome to the Perceptive Photographer Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Gregory. This is episode 433 of our little podcast here. Just a quick little reminder to head on up to DanielJGregory.com. Sign up for that newsletter if you haven't already done so to stay up to date with all the latest news about the podcast, classes, workshops, gallery shows, print sales, things like that. I've got several... Well, let's just say they're going to be announced here in the next week or two. Several new short form workshops, two, three day workshops instead of five day workshops, consolidating some of that content down a little bit more affordable in pricing as well. So we're really excited about that. So make sure you check out that newsletter to stay up to date with that stuff. Also, some of those will be probably some online classes in there as well. So for those of you who don't want to travel, there's a chance to sign up for those. So make sure you get onto that newsletter to stay up to date with that. Okay, this week we're talking about working projects and working with projects inside of your photography. And we've talked a lot about projects before. I talk about projects a lot in my workshops and in my classes. And I think it's one of the important things for people to consider. And one of the reasons why I think projects become an interesting part of our photographic process is for all of us. I think when we start out photographing, we get to a point where we're just going out and clicking on things that visually sort of interest us. Maybe it is a subject matter we like, maybe it's location, maybe it's travel, maybe it's family, whatever it is. We're just sort of randomly clicking on things. And then over time, we potentially notice that, oh, some of these things sort of loosely fit together. They have a thematic sort of content to them or a repetition of subject matter. And we start to realize that we sort of have these photographic interests. Some of us recognize that and continue to evolve down those sort of thematic paths. Some of us just continue to sort of randomly click. And some of us who continued on that path, maybe we get myopic into a project and we actually stop randomly clicking on things that interest us. And we end up being sort of pinned into a creative roadblock because we're no longer allowing the photography to be what it was, which was just a exploration of seeing the world and a joy. So this notion of projects can kind of work at us from two different angles. We can either be rewarded for recognizing these thematic elements within our work and at the same time, if we become myopic, we can be penalized by sort of breaking our creative spirit, our energy to just go out and photograph the things that catch our eye. Either way, I think it's important, though, for us to think about how we approach projects and what projects do for us in our photographic process and in our way of working photographically. I think a couple of things happen when we start to think about projects and we start to approach projects. And when I'm talking about projects, I'm not talking about grandiose things necessarily. I'm talking about where we start to recognize that this group of images, maybe it's six to eight images or 10 to 12 images, that they cohesively fit together. There's something about them that uniquely ties them together that makes them fit sort of as a puzzle piece. They join together and that together, that, that set of images, that collection of images speaks to a larger question or answers the question in a different way we might be asking because there's more information available for us to process and understand than looking at the single image. And so that's the first thing about projects is that sometimes when we're thinking about our work, we're sort of curious about something. We're trying to understand something. We recognize something. We realize that what we're seeing out in the world has this sort of oddity sort of interest to it. And we're trying to understand that world or understand why somebody would do something or why somebody created something or why the universe looks the way it does. That in that single image, we capture one moment of time. We capture one instance at that moment. We capture one way of our scene at that moment. And that by allowing multiple images to come together, by starting to think about images as groups or collections, 
we start to gain more data points. We start to gain more information to put into our understanding of that particular topic, theme, idea, concept. Within that realm as well is when we start to look at a group of images, a collection of images, we can start to identify some really important sort of subsets of things for us to think about. And I think some of that comes from technique. One of the things that we start to recognize when we look at a collection of images are techniques that we're really strong in. Things that we do well. Maybe we pay particular attention to light and we're really good working light. Or maybe you're doing studio work and you're really good at lighting, using artificial lights to create that sort of environment. Maybe you're not so good at understanding depth of field or the impact of shutter speed. I know when I started doing bird photography, which is my hobby photography, is bird photography. It's not something I normally show to anybody. It's just sort of how I decompress with my photographs. I go out and photograph birds in the yard. But one of the things I really had to learn was the impact of shutter speed on photographing birds. It was a technique that conceptually I understood. I had watched other people who do bird photography. I had listened to them. I had observed sort of what their settings are. But I really had to go out and learn that technique of the difference between a stationary bird and a bird in flight. And what is the appropriate shutter speed for a bird in flight? And what does that do to ISO? What does that do to aperture? Oh, and if I make the depth of field too shallow, I have no latitude in terms of what appears to be in focus of a bird in motion. Or if I maybe increase the depth of field a little bit, let the ISO get a little higher, I get a little bit more successful hit rate, so to speak, on those images. In that collection of images and looking at groups of bird photographs and starting to recognize like, wow, I'm sort of weaker in that aspect of my photography, it gave me a chance to step forward, work on a technique, again, that's not random. And this is one of the things that I find in a lot of my classes and when I'm working with a lot of people is that the techniques they decide to work on in their photography are not necessarily the techniques that are going to improve their photography because it's a technique that they don't ever use or need to apply or it's so one-off in the application of what they do that it sort of becomes an academic exercise. Where when we look at a collection of images that you've shot or a collection of images that you're working on and we can see strength of technique and deficiencies in technique, the technique you would then work on would solve a very specific problem. You're then moving your photography forward and you're moving your vision and your voice forward because the technique and the technical aspect of the photography is now matching the purpose and intent of what you're creating. I think one of the other things that's really interesting about groups of images when we start to pull them together, outside of, again, helping us understand technique, but they also help us sort of understand what is significant and important to us in the things we photograph. And that goes to both the things that we photograph, the subject matter we photograph, whether it's portraiture, landscape, but also the subject, the rationale, the reason behind the things we photograph. And that when we look at a single point in time, when we look at a single event, if I'm, say, photographing portraiture, and I photograph one person one time, yes, I can make a beautiful portrait of that person. But if I start to look at 8, 10, 12 portraits of different people, is there something that I'm trying to communicate about those people? Is there trying, something I'm trying to say about those people? Like one of the things I always find interesting is environmental portraiture. I find it's interesting to do environmental portraiture, and I find it's interesting to look at environmental portraiture and see how does the photographer get a sense of the space somebody lives in and occupies and the person themselves? How do they convey the relationship between that person and the environment in which they work. So like an artist studio and the artist, for example, how do we decide what to focus on in there? When we look at one photograph, again, we can see that's a beautiful photograph. 
if we look at 10 photographs, we start to get a sense of not just who the people are in the photographs, but what that photographer is bringing to their sensibility of that series and to that body of work. The thing that comes out of that, again, whether it's landscape, portrait, whatever, what comes out of that then is the understanding of, in many ways, why that work matters to us. What is it that's interesting about that work? And one of the things I find so interesting in working with people on sort of project level things is sometimes we think these projects need to have some deep, insightful meaning. Change the universe. Recreate and uh, conceptualize how the universe was created. Sometimes it's really simple things like this is a project about really weird stuff that I found on the side of the road because we throw away weird stuff and I'm choosing to photograph it. It can be as simple as weird stuff from the side of the road. But again, when we start to identify that, wow, I've got photographs of that, of weird stuff from the side of the road, and I'm interested in it because it speaks to whatever. Maybe for you, it's about the way we throw things away in the disposable society. Maybe it's about the cool things we find on the side of the road as maybe art installation pieces. I don't know. Whatever you're creating in your own head for the story of interesting things found on the side of the road. When we think about how do we relate to that? What do we notice? The reason the project then becomes interesting is it becomes informative of the next photograph to take. When we start to recognize, wow, you know, I go out and I photograph this particular thing over and over again, and I've got these collections of photographs that are now helping me understand more about what I'm interested in photographing. When I go out to photograph the next piece of junk on the side of the road, so to speak, I would then have a better sense of how to frame it, how to compose it. What does it need to look like? What does it need to feel like? Because I've got this other set of information contained in the prior photographs to use as a reference. And too many times I think what we have is when we have just disparate photographs, we don't then have that insight. So one of the big pieces that comes out of this is, again, the distillation of work into some level of cohesive project. So I go look at now what is a thousand photographs of random things that were taken out of the car window, all of which are technically on the side of the road. But what makes these images fit together in this bucket and these images fit together in this bucket? That overlap, that ability of us to look at the things where photographs are distinct, where they fit in multiple buckets, and what those buckets mean are the insights that allow us to have a deeper connection to our photography. Again, it doesn't fundamentally change who we are. It just changes our relationship and understanding what it is that we value in ourselves and in our artistic expression. Again, it's not a one-off. There's something more to this when we build those projects. And so one of the things I would encourage you to do when you're thinking about approaching your work is to start to think about the things you photograph as projects, as micro projects. Maybe it's just five images that fit together or two images that fit together. Or maybe it's a longer term project. It's a lifelong body of work and it's just going to take you decades to finish and you're going to break it into smaller chapters. However you think about those projects, by starting to think about things as groups, as collections that become more informative, the individual parts build a larger whole and we get insights from both. But for a lot of us, we're missing the totality of the project insight. So by thinking about our work in those multiple layers, we can gain better insights. Again, whether it's into developing a technique, 
Maybe it's into language to talk about the project. So when somebody says, oh, there's a collection here of eight images. What are these eight images about? And how are they different than these eight images? You're forced to develop some of that language by which you describe your photography. It allows you to have a more meaningful connection to the work you're creating. You know, one of the things that we hear a lot of times from people is they look at a photograph and there's a distinction between looking at too many bad photographs and not looking at enough good photographs. So one of the things too that the project world allows us to do is to really condense down into what is the true essence? What is at the core of what makes this work valuable, insightful, and meaningful? And maybe that project is only five photographs or maybe it's 25 photographs. But that dis distillation down of what is that about allows us to get to a better representation of what is the quality within our work, what constitutes the meaningful quality within our work, and recognizing that sometimes what we have to say needs to be said in one photograph, three photographs, eight photographs, 12 photographs. It becomes an interesting way to think about what is it that I'm communicating in such a way that I'm able to say what I want to say the way I want to say it. So as you think about project work inside your photography, again, starting to think about beyond the individual image and beyond the sort of, oh, I take a lot of pictures of dogs or flowers or clouds or people. And what is it within there that you could build subsets out of that could help you develop, again, better technique, a better understanding of your work, a better way of, sh better way of sharing your work, deciding what's going to live on three images grouped together on an Instagram post versus a web page versus a book versus a portfolio on the wall. All of those insights come from, again, understanding the assessment of how we work with multiple images when they're contained within this notion of the project. Thanks again for joining me here on episode 433 of the Perceptive Photographer Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Gregory, and I hope you have a wonderful week of photography, creativity, Zen moments of life and have a wonderful, wonderful week. Thanks again. And I'll see you at the next podcast.